This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, however it applies for your two for Tuesday. It's going to get flipped up a little bit today. You're going to get your Twitter Tuesday first. Uh, John Costco needs to sit down a little bit later, so you know, we'll accommodate him. Obviously, it's the holiday time. Uh, the network's not requiring much of this this week, which is, you know, I mean, I guess it's nice, but I mean, it's still week 17, you know, not as much on the table here, Cleveland Browns wise, but you still got work to do. You people are still listening. We're still going to give you what you want. It's what we do. So for me, your host, Jeff Lloyd, and for 95% of the time from SI.com's Browns Maven, Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns wise for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Um, just want to open with, you know, obviously, you know, Joe Schobert with some availability today. And Pete, just to hear the line in him, you know, still haven't heard anything. But it seems like it's it hurts because it's for so many years, Pete, so many guys have been here and said, I can't wait to get the hell out of here. I don't care what, what the money is, money's even, I want out. And you don't hear this in Joe. I mean, he, he – He's been part of it all, you know, it's whether it's one win, whether it's zero wins, seven wins, maybe another seven wins. This guy don't want to go, um, you know, in the same respect, though, you know, he's got a responsibility to those after him and, you know, what market value is and all things of that nature. It just hurts to see because here's a guy that, you know, whatever you think about him, Browns fans wise, this guy wants to be here. I have no reason not to take him at his word that he wants to be here. Uh, he's, you know, wife and, and soon-to-be child are, seem very happy here. They just want to basically get this thing done. Um, yes, so, uh, you know, I, I don't uh, – my expectation is, is he will be signed. I, I, I've been pretty consistent with that all along, I, even just looking at the roster – um, they, they, they really can't afford to let anyone let some of these guys go because they just don't have anyone else and they're low. Well, they on can't assets. say because of 36 reps yesterday is Sioni Taki Taki. No, we're good. So, yeah, I, 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 I expect it will get done. I, I don't know if the Browns are basically going to get go to a, a scenario where they're basically like, you know what, you go ahead and, and, and go see what, you know, other teams are willing to offer and will essentially match what they're doing or whatever they're going to do. But, you know, I, I think they, they, they could have done this already. They could have done this before the year. Uh, they could do this right now. And, you know, whether that's, you know, a situation where they're, you know, they're, they're, they're looking entirely at the, the coaching situation and figuring that out first, before they do anything or what, I don't know. But there are other things I could see happening, uh, the, you know, with players leaving. He's one where I, I don't see the path that makes any sense because you're, you're either, you know, he is – it's not like he's not playing. He's integral to the process. He does everything. He's very good, and uh, he's motivated. So – you can lock him up for his prime years and, and, and get a fantastic player, which seems like an easy win, which the Browns seem to be averse to right this second. But like I said, I think it will get done. Um, you know, you have some holes on the defensive line going into 2020. Uh, 
maybe going to have to, you know, completely rebuild. You have maybe have some holdovers at the safety position. Um, I, I don't know how you're in any position to look at your leading tackler for now the third straight year. Now he's added four interceptions. Um, he's got some pass rush ability if you need that. It just, I, I just don't understand how you could possibly look at this and say, you know, you know what? We're a better team without Joe Schobert on it. I, I just don't know how it works. Uh, from Jack McMurray, and thank you, Jack. Um, if we're running the coach coaching search, are you looking at strictly former head coaches or are all options on the table? Uh, I think this is where, you know, and I guess part of it with anything, you know, you know, when you talk about, you know, a free agent class or you talk about a draft class, it's, you know, what does it bring to you? Obviously, you've got, you know, your retreads here. And I don't know if it's fair to call Mike McCarthy and Ron Rivera necessarily retreads. Um, but, you know, you have guys here who are established. I mean, look, you know, one guy won a Super Bowl. One guy was part of a 15-1 season, lost in the Super Bowl. It's more than any other head coach of this franchise has done ever. So, you know, you got to pay some, you know, pay some credence to that. Going the, you know, first-time head coaching route, what if you end up with a guy who doesn't know how to manage the halves or a guy that gets too cute with play calling and now it's John Dorsey on the line and it's, you know, it's the rookie contracts, which are getting closer to not becoming rookie contracts with Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett. That's probably why you go with the, look, I know this guy can at least do this on game day. This guy has a reputation of keeping the locker room together. You know, look, Lincoln Riley's a fantastic idea. Um, <laughs> but Why? Lincoln Riley, even Lincoln Riley says, sure, I'll come up to Berea. I'll sit down for an interview and I'll go back to Norman. And instead of them paying me $6.5 million per year, they'll now pay me $8 million a year. And I'm good. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, if it's going to ultimately go this way, and God, I pray the hell it does, you got to go sit down with Mike McCarthy. You got to go sit down with Ron Rivera, those type of guys. And if one of these guys is interested, they got a better resume than anybody else that's ever been in that head coaching room in that in that building. You got to look at it that way. Well, um, I think that's what the Browns will do. Uh, I still, I still am working under the assumption that that uh, Mike McCarthy is at the top of whatever list they come up with. I think they're going to be focused on guys who have been head coaches before, and and I would they, that, that that's a longer list than people seem to want to realize. There are a lot of them out there. Um, you know, Gary Kubiak the assistant head coach with the Minnesota Vikings, uh, who obviously has been working with uh, Kevin Stefanski, who the Browns were talking to last year, you know, Raheem Morris, who's been coaching down in Atlanta. <clears throat> There's a lot of guys that uh, sort of fit that bill that uh, can do some of those things. But if you're asking me how I would run a coaching search, I guess the, the first question I would have to answer for, for myself or, or in general, is who are we and how, you know, who are we and, and how are we, you know, what do we want to be as a football team? And that's not about X's and O's. That's entirely about, you know, attitude, you know, expectations, all those things. The guard, what should be the guardrails of the organization? And they should be working to, towards those things. Uh, and if they aren't, that's where they run themselves into some major problems. It doesn't mean every move is going to work, but they've got to figure out who they are first and foremost, if it's up to me, I wouldn't necessarily mandate it has to be a uh, coach with previous 
NFL head coaching experience. I just have every every reason to believe the Browns will. Um, but uh, you have to be able to first and foremost get a good head coach and worry about the other stuff second. And I don't know um, that they did that this this last time. You know, and, and it's one of those things where you just never have enough information to really make a good judgment on these type of deals. But uh, that's the main question. I think that that question goes to a lot of the things they're doing, you know, in terms of who they want to be as a team, who they want to be is in terms of, you know, the organization, the type of people they are, what, what the, the goals should be, how they get there and all those things. And I think if they were to do some of those things better, uh, that would help. Uh, I think ownership and, and some of those things uh, can, can, can help with that. But uh, I, I, I still believe that they're going to get somebody with previous head coaching experience, likely NFL experience. It's not to say that I, I think there aren't college coaches that they might like. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a flirtation with like Matt Campbell, uh, you know, is a name that will come up. Uh, but uh, just in general, I, I think they're going to feel reasonably solid about their ability to get one of these guys, and, and that's despite their ownership issues, that's despite everything else going on with this team, purely because the other jobs that are coming open aren't great and they don't have a quarterback. Or if they do, like the Cowboys, there's a lot of other things there, like signing him and, and some of those things, you know, the salary cap and all those things. So the Browns may feel pretty good about their ability to go get somebody like Mike McCarthy or Ron Rivera or, you know, whatever commodity they, they come along. I know everybody will keep pushing the notion of Josh McDaniels, you know, despite everything, but it's still going. Uh, you know, there was an article yesterday from the big lead suggesting that John Dorsey wanted uh, Josh McDaniels all along, which I found interesting. Um, it just doesn't jive with anything uh, that, that I've heard on the situation or, or anything like that, and they never talked to him. So, yeah. Uh, again, you know, it's it just seems, you know, the way the stars would align, it's going to be somebody with experience. Uh, appreciate the question. Sam Panics, um, what are you hoping to see next week? Is there anything meaningful that could even happen, whether it's coaching, player, group, specific player? Um, for me, I got a couple, and thanks for the question, Sam. Um, I want to see Odell get his 46 yards to get a thousand yards. Why? Because numbers mean something to these players. And Odell can say, you know, go into his off season with whatever it's going to be. Cause obviously, you know, he's already got meetings set up with doctors knowing that, you know, I was 80% still got a thousand yards, all this shit that went on around here where, you know, what was supposed to be a great offense. None of that was able to deliver it upon, but you know, whether it was players not being able to practice enough, the coaching, whatever, you know, players like their numbers. I want to see Nick Chubb get a rushing title. Um, guy works extremely hard, whether it's, you know, Wednesday, game day, off season. The guy puts in everything there is, you know, and you, you like to see players like that get rewarded or, you know, get the reward, get the honor that they deserve for the hard work and effort they put in. Uh, as far as coaching, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, a win does mean something, Pete, because, you can at least say, you know, last year you went three, two, and one in your division. This year you would go four and two in, in your division. It's it, it it it's a small carrot. It, it doesn't you know it doesn't change much. 
but you know, you're going to play these same three teams and you're going to play them six times next year. And over two years, it'll be, you know, seven, it'll be seven, four and one. So you got some confidence at least with, you know, one third of the schedule. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, I think it would maybe ease some tensions a little bit if, if Beckham gets gets to his mark. Uh, you know, I, I think it would be nice for Chubb to get that mark, although I don't think he's all that concerned with it. Um, I think it would be nice for the interior of the offensive line in particular to get that mark. I mean, that stuff matters to them, and it, you know, as, as you should. They, they've worked hard to help him get to that point. <clears throat> the uh, uh, you know a lot of this is about those young players. Can can you know I think Greedy Williams had a a, a better game than he's had uh, against a few of these a few of these um, teams he's had. That was positive. You know, Sione Takitaki seemed to be relatively positive development. Um, you know, the, the last game, obviously, the Ravens are a very different animal uh, than than the Bengals are. They may play a lot more red wine. Who knows? But those are the only things I'm really interested uh, – I mean, it's just the, – the young players are really the only thing – I mean, honestly, if it was up to me, I, I, would, I would just not play the game and, and move on because this whole season just needs to, just to die. Uh, but uh, yeah, young young player development, trying to get a little bit better. Hopefully, Baker Mayfield goes up on a higher goes out on a higher note. Well, and you know, if honestly, I, I guarantee you right now, if you reached out to Cincinnati, they'd be like, fine, no problem. Uh, yeah, we can get working on number one pick, all that good stuff. Uh, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, uh, your Twitter Tuesday edition of Locked On Browns. We're gonna get some more here in a second. Uh, just want to throw out uh, you know some thank yous here. The folks at uh, Zabo Apparel, uh, it's been great working with those guys this year. Uh, you know, love the company. Uh, he's a veteran. His kids are, you know, active in the service. Uh, they put out a great product. It's been great giving away some of their stuff this year. Uh, you know, thanks for all, you know, all the nice things they've done for me. Uh, you're looking for stuff, you're looking for apparel. Check out my folks, ZaboApparel.com. Check them out, Zabo Apparel on Twitter. Appreciate you guys an absolute ton. We got more here and appreciate you guys for all of this. Uh, this one here from Michael. If Freddie gets another year, what changes to the staff could happen? Um, my first thinking would be, Pete, is is you're going to find you're going to restructure possibly the higher. You know, I'm keeping Wilkes, and you know, if I can keep most of D, I'm going to keep it. Prefer ain't going anywhere. You got to rearrange the hierarchy of offense, and you know, Freddie may have to understand there could be an offense coordinator brought in here, and you know, Freddie will be the head coach. But uh, somebody else is going to call the plays. Uh, maybe you need to look into quarterback quarterback coach as well. That would be my biggest major area of concern. Adam Henry, I'm okay with. The thing's going to be, you know, you're going to give Adam Henry some clay. You know, a DJ Montgomery, a couple of other younger kids most likely. Uh, you know, it's, it's okay to be friends with Odell and Jarvis and be tight with those guys. But can you develop fifth and sixth round picks and make them into, you know, useful pieces? Well, that's that's one question I have for this season is, you know, what what's the value of Adam Henry this year? Uh, the young receivers aren't very good. Obviously, they've had uh, issues 
with with Higgins and some of the other things, but you know he was here for basically Landry and Beckham, you know, based on his their LSU past and you know was he that good? And I'm not saying he needs to be fired or anything, but just that that would be my question. Um, quarterbacks coach is, is obviously a problem. Um, my, I'm, I'm, I have questions about defensive backs and some of those other things, um, but I just I, I can't imagine um, he's going to be retained for another season, given given uh, the the, the uh, his Waterloo moment at the end of uh, end of the first half against the Ravens. Uh, definitely, you know, of course, um, no, definitely not. And as far as Henry, you know, maybe Odell and Jarvis don't need a buddy, you know, maybe they do need a wide receiver coach who's going to do things differently. And, you know, it's great that they're established pros, but it doesn't mean anybody can't change what they're doing. Here's one, just a tad bit off the grid. Um, if you guys don't know, that's what B said, uh, you know, Brittany and, uh, Bree and question here for Meredith. Um, Pete, what is the best Christmas cookie? Uh, gingerbread. Pumpkin pie and gingerbread. Really, Pete? Yeah. Yeah. This is welcome to this is this is America speaking over here. <laughs> this is America speaking. Um this is fantastic. I don't know how you, you wouldn't you know, it's 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 a time of year type thing, but yeah, good gingerbread cookies, full frosting on those things. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh Sometimes I think Pete's older than I am, and he probably washes them down with a nice cold ginger ale. Um, those peanut butter ones with the Hershey Kisses in them, those are fantastic. If that's what they're called. But those aren't bad. Um, my mother makes this, and it was, it was my father's. It's a butter cookie. Then you dip it in the butter where you make it with the double broiler. Put some sprinkles on it. That's kick-ass. Um, here's an older one. And, you know, my mother is of Hungarian and German descent. Um, it's called a Lekwa cookie and it's kind of like a butter cookie and Lekwa is kind of like a jelly. Um, there's an apricot one. Eh. There's a prune one. Eh. The raspberry Lekwa cookie. You drop a little powdered sugar on that bad boy. That is a kick-ass Christmas cookie. That's a good one. Thanks, Mayor. We like to go a little bit off the grid from time to time here. Uh, moving on here. Uh, let's see here. Um, from Casey Kinnaman, um, it's my opinion that the outcome of the season finale against the Bengals should have no bearing on how Kitchens is judged for the season. Uh, do you believe the fate is already sealed or do you think he can alter the organization's decision with a landslide victory on Sunday? Here's the deal. Um, it should have never been this way, but if, you know, what was said going into the Ravens game was, is if he closes it out and gets to eight and eight, everything's okay. Okay. Which is stupid. It, it makes no sense. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's about what the team looks like. It's about how he coached. So if somehow miraculously pulled that one off yesterday, you're still not going to take away the stupid coaching mistakes. And everybody today was, uh, you know, oh, that halftime thing. Well, the, the, the halftime has been an issue. It was an issue in the Buffalo game. It was an issue in the Seattle game. He's still not getting it right. Um, and to split with Baltimore, who, you know, is going to most – either way was most likely going to end up being the number one seed. Well, he already housed him once. So what did it matter if he beat him a second time? I mean, he looked good the first time. Um, no, in no way whatsoever should beating the Bengals, who have already secured the number one pick, so they are the worst team in the NFL this year, 
Um, you know, look, granted, they didn't look great the first time. Look, Andy Dalton played. You know, he's a veteran. You know, he's going to give you, you know, somewhat of a gussy effort. And I'll be honest with you, I don't feel good about Week 17 in Cincinnati in any way whatsoever. I don't. But um, this game should have no bearing whatsoever. I mean, you know, this is kind of like saying, you know, uh, you know, you're beating, you know, you're 17, your little brother's 10, uh, you know, you know, and you beat him in one on one. No, look, I mean, I believe, I believe it's over. I, I truly do believe it's over because I, I think you'd be foolish to look around and see what's possibly available. And look, these feelers are already out there, and you know. If Mike McCarthy's willing to interview with you, that means there's a really, really good chance Mike McCarthy's willing to take your job. Same thing with Ron Rivera. So if these guys are willing to even come in the door and sit down, unless it's like these stupid meetings with, you know, Gerald McCoy and Mike Daniels, where, you know, you think you're going to lowball somebody, then whatever, just don't, you know, don't even embarrass yourself, please, with a head coach. But I do believe, I believe it's over. And, you know, and look, the way Jarvis spoke to him in week 15, the way Odell spoke to him yesterday. I just, again, I don't believe these players believe in him. I don't, you know, look, these guys have been from major football programs. Uh, you know, look, Jarvis Landry was around Adam Gase. You know, Odell dealt with, uh, God, Pete, who was the schmuck that was only there for a year and a half with the Giants who wore the suit that was, you know, didn't even fit him. He was only there for, you know, a cup of coffee. These guys know what a head coach okay. in the NFL looks like and what one does not look like. Well, look, I, I think if there's any chance that, that, that Freddie Kitchens were to sort of save himself this week, that speaks to a flawed process. Um, it shouldn't matter. Um, and I think that's been my question for the whole time is, you know, beating the Ravens to me didn't matter. You either believe in what he's doing with this team or you don't. Um, I, I think – Again, this comes back to answering the question, who are you? Uh, and, and, you know, in, in that answer, you know, unless you're, you're clearly figuring out that Freddie Kitchens is a part of who you're trying to be, um, I think that, that, that answers itself. Having said that, um, again, it, it, it's process over product. Um, I, I emphasize this on, on all this stuff. I think that's critically important for this team. Um, but uh, you know, I, I thought that Freddie was basically done, you know, for a few weeks. And, or at the very least, they were investigating their options. I just, I, I don't believe that the Browns, I, I know what the Browns are saying. I know it's, we're not doing anything until we get, you know, past week 17. And as good as that sounds, I, I, I don't believe that's the case. And you have what you have happened yesterday. You know, I, I don't – and I, I wrote about it. I, I don't know how this team gets through this week with Freddie Kitchens. And that's not to say that firing him suddenly, you know, fixes everything. It's, it, it's, it's just that, that that killed the season. But I don't know how they're going to sort of look at him after the debacle that was against the Ravens, uh, you know, to make it through this week. I think they're ultimately going to get through it, play for themselves. Uh, play for their own evaluation for what's coming. But I don't think there's a chance in hell you can have what happened yesterday in addition to other things that have gone on and expect that, well, you know, an off season is going to sort of allow this to sort of be remedied. I, I think 
you you know that there's no coming back from that one. And maybe in a in a world where you know you had some you know some somewhat of a resume that that suggested there was some reason to believe in believe in it, but he doesn't. And and I think yesterday sort of whatever was left. Um, of respect for, and it's not respect. I don't think they dislike him. I just think they understand that it's just not. No, it, it, you just can't. Well, and even, I mean, you go to the, you know, Odell finally gets a touchdown, and again, it's another time where it's, you know, it's four to five cracks from the one to get a touchdown, and you know, time is of the essence, and the, you know, and. It, it, even if you want to give it to Chubb, spread it the hell out. I mean, it, it, there's just so many things, but these guys, you know, they're, you know, they've been doing it long enough and it's, you know, you're around the big programs. You got, you know, the guys who can coach, you know, the guys who can't. And it's, you, you, you look in this and you look at the body language and, and you look at the way they're speaking. These guys just don't believe that, you know, essentially he's the king of this kingdom. They just don't believe it. And, you know, I, yeah. To go on, it's. I mean, it, look, this off season's going to be enough as it is. Um, and you know, Baker today with Colin Coward, and you know, I just wish Baker's camp would step in and say, "Look, we'll handle your social media, and we're going to talk about your charitable stuff and this, that, and the other thing." And if you actually do want to send out a tweet, send out, you know, hey, whatever, congratulations, great game, yada yada yada. But this has got to stop because you know. This team is either going to be six and ten or seven and nine, and they're all going to pounce on everything that happens anyway because this team, you know. And granted, this is a lot of this is the media's creation. They built it up. The Browns didn't put themselves on the cover of the Sports Illustrated NFL preview. That didn't happen. You know, media did it. And there's one thing media loves to do is build something up and then have at it like a bunch of you know wild savage turkeys on a dead carcass on the side of the road they absolutely love to do that and baker today going into it with colin colin coward big mistake because you know hey you know you're 11 and three vying for number one seed shoot your shot kid do whatever the hell you want uh you know when everybody thought this team would be getting ready for a january playoff game and they are nowhere near that it, it just brings nothing but more and more negative attention and it's the last thing this franchise needs right now yeah, I, I I agree. Again, I think the damage is done. I think I think everybody is just ready to move on at this point. I don't even know if Freddie's even that, you know, <laughs> even ready to sort of take another shot at this. But I I just I don't see how it can can make it happen. Yeah, not at all. Um, let's see what else we got here. So, uh, all right. Well, here's the thing, uh, Pete. Somebody asking now. Um, offensive tackle wise, uh, you know, obviously, you know, this class is supposed to be a great one. You know, you got the big old banging boys from Bama. You got athletic guys like, you know, uh, Jackson from USC, Jones down in Georgia. Pete, what's your type? What's your flavor? My type of what? Offensive tackle. Do you prefer the big bangers? Do you prefer the athletic ones? I know you, the first prerequisite is to be a dick, but go ahead. I, I like athletic guys who 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 play their asses off. I, like I, you know, I, I like watching the guys like um, Trent Williams and those guys. I mean, he's just a badass run blocker. 
and those type of things. He just owns it. And those are the, you know, I, I got nothing against, you know, big guys who, who can throw it around. Like I, I love Orlando Pace, for example, but, you know, I, Joe Thomas and those type of guys who are, are just like artists with their, their athleticism is, you know, that's, that's where it's at to me. I, I you know, I, I have, been fortunate enough to be around guys who, who just have, you know, the ability to move like that. And it, like, it's all, it's all inspiring what a guy can do with that type of athleticism. So, hell yeah, I'm all for the, you know, the, the nimble dancing bear touch. I mean, as long as they get the blocking done, that's fine. I mean, they're, they're, it's certainly fun to watch guys like Greg Robinson and stuff when, you know, when he was at Auburn and stuff, just kill people. But uh, in general, you know, I, I'm I'm way more of a fan of of athletes that can get up and and get down. Um, and that's even the thing, you know, because you know, even still, you know, you draft him 300 pounds, a little over 300 pounds, and then as the years go on, a little more muscle muscle mass, they eat a little bit better. Now you're talking about these guys who still have the agility, 315, 320. Um, but you know, and again, there it was yesterday, holding number 78. Two plays later. <laughs> Uh, you know, false start number 78 and even heard Romo and Nance in the booth. Uh, you know, obviously they had done their homework and knew that, you know, 78 was undoubtedly a penalty machine to this point. Uh, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith rolling through your Twitter Tuesday of locked on Browns. The original, uh, the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and using locked NFL all, ca- all caps at checkout. Terms and conditions may apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find that in all offers from our fantastic sponsors for at Locked On at lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. Pete. Not all was lost on this season. Obviously, there's been some some bright spots. There's been some guys who have come out of nowhere. I mean, look, the tight end position for me is one. Look, whatever this situation is with David Njoku, and I kind of wish it wouldn't be assumptions, you know, it, it, wrong routes. I mean, who knows, whatever. But, you know, here you are with, you know, yes, third year. David Njoku, I believe, is what, barely three. Maybe I think he's like about 23 and a half years old. But with that, you know, you see a guy like Stephen Carlson who, you know, in a complete afterthought, and then you watch a game like yesterday and Stephen Carlson's on the field the entire time. Ricky Seals-Jones, I'm not saying these guys are big time going to be around forever, but, you know, some nice efforts. Would they have matched really well with a Daniel Fells? They probably would have. But there's been a couple of bright spots here, Pete, and what essentially is going to go down as a lost season. Sure. I mean, look, they have – they have the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, they do. And, and it's, you know, that's unfortunately how it happened. But, uh, you know, Chandler Jones has 19 sacks now, which is, you know, outstanding. But that game is still the weirdest game of the entire, maybe one of the, of the entire NFL season yesterday. But go ahead. He's phenomenal. I mean, he is as good as we could have all won. It's just an absolute shame that that it it went the route it did the thing is like if you can 
get Olivier Vernon healthy, which I assume you will. Uh, by the way, that guy, woof. If you watch the media availability, he is one frustrated, angry man talking about it uh, as, as he's uh, getting dressed. That guy did not want to be doing that interview. But anyway, if you get uh, Garrett and Vernon back to where they were playing and you get Richardson where he's playing now all at the same time, they're going to be way better. I, it, like I, It gets lost at how bad Richardson was early in the year and how much better he is now. Um, so there's lots of things. Schobert, his career year, Justin uh, Burris, you know, a guy who was cut after uh, initial cutdowns because when they grabbed waiver guys, uh, you know, he ends up with the Raiders for a couple weeks, comes back, you know, makes the interception in the Rams game, gets voted as the Ed. Ed Block Courage Award winner, and 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 you look at the the list of guys, list of guys on that uh, award for the Browns. It's not like schlubs. I, I I've never seen a guy win that type of award who wasn't on the team the whole year. So that's pretty remarkable. J.C. Treader uh, got his contract. He he continues to be great. I still think he got jobbed on the Pro Bowl. Uh, Batonio's great. Um, I'm thrilled about what Wyatt Teller can be. Um, you know, I like what I see from guys like Steven Carlson. Uh, you know, I think another off season will be really good for him. Um, hopefully it's still here. Uh, I, there's, there's a lot of things, you know, when Freddie Kitchens is talking about this team it, is really close. I don't know if I agree that it's really close, but I agree it can be, um, uh, if, if a lot of things, uh, get sort of fixed. And, and, and address, and that's like on a, on a holistic level in terms of process and just how they're, how they're going to do things. But there are a lot of things that, to like about this team. Obviously, look, Nick Chubb is the MVP of the team, deservedly. Um, you know, Denzel Ward was way better after the hamstring injury uh, than he was at the beginning of the year, which is good. Um, I think they, and one of the things that impressed me with Ward is has been the tackling. Um, you know, we had talked about this last year. It almost seemed like every time he tried to make a tackle last year or got involved with one, there was a, oh, my God, it's 21, all right. Once that hamstring incident, is, it, it, that, that was over. He's been on a groove here, and tackling has been much better this year. Right. So, and, and I like guys, you know, I, I, I don't know if they'll be in the NFL in a week, but – I like what I've seen from guys like Brian Cox Jr. I like what I've seen from guys from Porter Gustin. He really played his ass off to have that fumble bounce right to him. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like <laughs> some of these guys they've sort of brought in, just sort of fight and stuff. I, I, some of the handling of the roster has been just an absolute disaster. But that's not their fault. Brian Cox Jr. didn't do that. And all he does is, he comes in and, and plays hard, and, and, and you like what he does in that stuff. So it's there's no shortage of positive things on this team. It's just they're, they're, none of them really go together yet, and that's where this thing's incredibly frustrating and, and, and disappointing. But it, it's not difficult. It, it like and, and I don't I, – I, I, well, as I did last year, I said the whole time, I don't know who the, the, the Browns should hire as their head coach. There's just not enough information. But if, you know, wh- whether you perceive it to be a good hire or not, it's very easy to talk yourself into the Browns uh, 
uh, next year. Now, whether that's a good idea or not, you know, remains to be seen. But they, they, there's no question they have a lot of guys out there. It's just, and some of the questions they have are just really frustrating, like not knowing what's going on with Njoku. You know, if that's just purely a coaching thing or if that's the entire team or whatever. But they've got guys that can play, and they just need to keep adding to them and get stop adding knuckleheads and get better. And you know, there's some other decisions that they have to make, and, and you know, one of them I don't think will be really popular, but in, unless the Browns go a specific way with their coaching search, you know, when we get there, I'm very curious about the future of Kareem Hunt and, uh, and, and the possibility of them moving on from him purely because of offensive system fit. It's so bizarre to me how different the offense is when they hand him the ball than it is with Chubb. And you can do that, but I don't know if that's the way they want to live. And they could do some other things. And there's a back that I really like that could fill that void if the Browns were to move on from from uh, Kareem Hunt that played in the ACC and is just electric on tape and played for a dog shit team. Um, and program. makers. It's a garbage program. I'm not even sure why it's accredited, but they do have a <laughs> uh, just a just a garbage institution. I, I I thank God he survived it. Uh, but he, you know, <laughs> there there are guys that I just think may fit better for what he does. And he's a you know they do some gap stuff down Florida State, but he's a zone runner. Period. <laughs> if you watch him, he's a find it and go, and he's a he's a really impressive dude. And, and and we'll see. He may he may test super well and go way earlier than 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 people are listing him. But like right now, when I see people talking about him, it's like the, the mid rounds, you know, like fourth round. And, and I'm looking at this, going, I could trade Kareem Hunt and I could add this and have a more cohesive sort of offense. And he does a lot of the things that Hunt does well. Like he's a good pass catcher. I, I don't know, but. I just think there's a question to be raised with that in terms of sort of roster turnover. And it, and, it, and a lot of it just has to do with the fact that John Dorsey has mismanaged the, the Browns assets so much that they have what I think seven draft picks and mm-hmm. they have more holes than when they had like 11, which is insane to me, but they, they, they did it. Uh, and some of that is obviously, you know, they, they, they put more into certain spots by going with Vernon and, and Beckham, but they have very limited avenues on some of these things to like do stuff. And that's a really big question mark uh, in terms of how they're going to sort of figure this thing out, you know, for a team that's allegedly supposed to compete or if they're basically going to, you know, start sending messages that, that, that this team is not really as good as, as, as they, they were trying to tell you it was before and that you've got to hold on because it's going to take a little bit longer than they anticipated on building it. Yeah, and it also brings in the question of, you know, is is John Dorsey creating his own job security? Uh, Cam Akers, fantastic player. Um, and you got to keep in mind what he did down there with an offensive line that, I mean, I'll be honest, it's 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 service academy offensive line type of play. Um, and Pete's still burned. By purchasing Army and, Navy, a Cameron... Army and Navy's offensive lines are way better than Florida State. Uh, Pete's burned by way the purchase better. of a Cam Wimley jersey ages ago, so that Florida State sting will 
always be there. I but um, no, no, my <laughs> my hate for that program dates back to 1994. Go on, you've got a minute. That was that was bullshit that they got the national championship despite losing to Virginia. God bless the Cavaliers, and and Ohio State got screwed on that that year because they lost to Michigan State late, which was their only loss. And meanwhile, Florida State had two losses, and they gave them the national championship. So that's where my hatred for that program starts and will never end. So this is, to me, these are the golden years of Florida State. Well, if you're going to do it, you do it in Florida. That's where you go to retire. Kadera Hodge, another one, a bright spot. I don't want him to be dismissed here. Um, you know, late in the year, late in the year here, uh, Tay Davis looks like a, a you know a nice special team linebacker. Obviously, not going to answer any questions as far as the linebacking unit. Those two, and the thing with Njoku, and you keep in mind, um, David Njoku is the longest tenured tight end in Cleveland, in only his third year in the league, twenty three years and change. You know, but they went out and signed Harris. They brought in Farrell Brown. They you know had Carlson on the practice squad, got Seals Jones over Labor Day weekend. This does reek of one of those my guy type of things, uh, which I'd hate because, you know, and the other thing is, is you can't ask the kid to prove himself when you won't at least let him put his goddamn uniform on and playing games. So that part aggravates me. We're going to put a bow on this one here. Obviously, your Twitter Tuesday, uh, you know, rolling through holiday week, you know, uh, those already starting to celebrate Hanukkah-wise, you know, Christmas Eve, uh, you know, about to hit uh, Christmas Eve as this will drop on Tuesday, Christmas Day. Hope everybody, you know, has a fantastic holiday. Enjoy the family. And as I try to tell you here is, you know, what I've been going through is enjoy it. And just remember, you know, some of them that whether they're the most important family member in your life or one that maybe sometimes chap your ass, remember, I might not be around next year. Make the best of it. He is Pete Smith at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following over there. At Browns Maven on Twitter. Make sure you're following there. Check out all the work Pete and his team's got going through SI.com. Anything you read in Browns wise over there, it's going to be from Pete and his team. Go ahead, check it out. And again, Pete, I'm happy for you and all the success that you've had over there and the opportunity. You've literally taken the ball and run like hell with it. Congratulations, dude. Proud of you. Um, the show itself at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Um, DMs are open as always. Follow back account. You guys know that. Anything you want, questions you got, stuff you want to put on the show. You guys know I'm open to anything. Obviously, we'll have those opportunities here as now we're going to be off the more regular season schedule and on an off-season schedule. It'll be draft heavy. We know we'll cover the playoffs like we did last year. Pete and I'll get into a nice little contest of picking playoff games. Somebody won last year, somebody lost. I'm not going to mention who that was. Um, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there. Anything you guys need. Um, again, appreciate it. Everybody enjoy your holiday week. Uh, you know, maybe a show or two less. Um, again, you know, get for the most part, you're going to get the normal schedule from us here, guys. Um, so with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog pound. I think Mrs. Lloyd's home because the dogs are nice and excited and barking. Um, so LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>